Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again from the Lucky Titan, and we're here today with Alex Oliveira, which we were just joking about this. I really wanted to kick my Spanish in to, to pronounce his name, but I'm, I'm excited to have him here. I'm going to speak as gringo as possible, where <laughs> most of you are located in the States. We kind of have to stick to all of us who don't speak speak Spanish. So I do want to intro Alex a little bit here. This guy is such an awesome entrepreneur. He's had a lot of successful businesses in the past, but he's really turned into a coach. And what I like to, I like to bring people like Alex on here is because they went from success to contribution which is such an awesome shift. And people like him who are giving back and are saying, hey, let me help the next generation. These are the people I'm super excited to bring on the show. So Alex is the host of the Dadpreneur podcast, which for most of you, you know, we're actually about to have our first child. It's a boy. I don't know if everybody knows that yet. Super excited about that. So I'm excited to see kind of his take on being a dad, being an entrepreneur, but passing on the baton and handing on the legacy to that next generation. So Alex, say what's up to everybody. We'll hop right in. What's up, man? Thanks for having me here, Josh. It's really good. And and I didn't know either, but congrats, man. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You're you're in for everything that is great about life. That that that's what I can start with telling you, you know, about being the dad. It's just that it's everything about it is, is great, even the challenging moments. <laughs> See, it's good to hear that because what we we tend to hear a lot of times, and this is in business and with having kids. So it's kind of funny to, to see the, the line there, but people who've experienced it will always say um, all these negative things about it. And like, but it's great. It's all worth it. <laughs> so I love to hear you lead with it's totally worth it, man. I need to connect you with, um, oh boy, Evan Money. Have you met Evan Money by chance? I have not. Oh man, you two would jive. I'll connect you. He's probably listening to this. So Al, or uh, <laughs> Evan, we're going to connect you guys. So Alex, Let's dive into this today. I do want to kind of hear a little bit about your story and where that turning point was for you. A lot of entrepreneurs that we talk to on the show will have, you know, maybe they have a, a bad history that turned into something great, or maybe they just had that epiphany moment where they realized that they were taking up too much of their life in work. So to walk us through kind of your epiphany story that got you to where you are now, where you're a coach. Sure. I mean, everything for me, Josh, comes back to a pivotal moment when I was 11 years old. Uh, I had been here in the United States for a year. So we came from Brazil originally to South Florida. And my parents, uh, really, with, with the help of a friend, allowed me at that time to go work as a busboy at a restaurant. Imagine 11 years old, wearing a tuxedo shirt, working at a fine Italian restaurant. And Clocking in, clocking out, doing that whole thing. After school, I would go. Of course, you wouldn't see that today. Probably probably see some kids who are maybe 15, 16 years old, right? right. Which is why I was telling you I started my son now, who's 11, uh, working. Because for me, it was pivotal. From that moment on, everything around the value of money, uh, seeing hard work, and watching sort of the, the owner of the restaurant and how he ran business really inspired me to to do what i'm doing today 30 years later you know yeah and that's awesome it's it's fun to see that you did that with your son and I, I am going to expound on that for a second because you had talked about hiring your son paying him a little bit so he could learn the value of work and the value of money but also you're providing him with skills he's 11 years old right is that what you said i was 11 11 
yeah, 11 years old and seeing that that's going to be the story that changes or the moment that probably changes the trajectory of his life. So what inspired that? I am just kind of curious what inspired yeah, you. I, I think so too. I mean, ultimately, I think it's because it's summertime and, you know, we only have so much time in a day to entertain them. And since we don't, they, they don't do video games. We don't have video games at home. We don't have cable. We have one TV. So we're out a lot, except it's Florida. As you know, I live in Florida and it's hot. So you can only spend so much time outside and you're inside and they're doing art and doing all the things that the other kids do. But because of COVID, they wouldn't be able to this summer do a lot of the things that they normally would, right? Like the soccer, the dance and all the other things. So I said, Hey, would you be interested in working for me? But I put you through the process. You got to create your own resume. You got to go to an interview. You, I'm going to do an assessment skills, the whole nine, put you through the whole thing. And I expect you to put your game face and don't look at me as dad, because you're going to be my executive assistant, right? Or administrative assistant. And he said, yeah, I'm interested. And really his interest was from the fact that he wanted to save money to buy a, a Nintendo switch, which is, I think it's 400 bucks. And he wanted to deplete his savings because I took him to the bank and opened his bank account when he was like seven. So he's got a debit card and, and I, and he says, well, I, I have the money in there from Christmases and birthdays that right. you know, family gives. I say, well, no, you can't do that. You can't just deplete your account. You're going to be, you know, broke. You have to earn some money first. And that's sort of that moment where I said, well, look, if you want to earn money, uh, I, you can either cut the lawn or you can do some work in-house, right? <laughs> so he chose inside the house in front of the computer. And it's been such an amazing experience. I mean, of course, as you can imagine, I'm learning as much as he is. And then it's just filling me with joy to be able to just allow him to be creative and not be nitpicking. I mean, what I'm encouraging him, the, like the biggest thing that I'm encouraging him with, Josh, is make the mistakes, be okay. Like have no fear. I don't care if you screw up, like you have to screw up in order for you to get it right. And I was encouraged early on. So I, I can, I can say that my mom, my dad, and a lot of those people early on, they pushed me and said, yeah, go for it. Take the risks. And, and I, I'm just so grateful that they did that. So I think I'm passing that on to him. And that's so, I think, important, really. Yeah, I, I 100% believe in this. I think people have been hearing this more from me recently as well. I've been telling my story for, for others. I'm, I'm a fifth generation entrepreneur. And what people don't realize is that they're, not every home is pushing you to go to college. And so my dad, for example, he was a contractor. That was the company that he owned. We built cabins in Island Park, which we talked about before, kind of near Yellowstone, beautiful area. Please don't visit. We don't like having people there. So, <laughs> um, But it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So we grew up building cabins. And I'll be completely honest with you. I was a lazy kid, didn't like being outside. Um, and my dad would have us come work and he'd pay us, you know, eight to 10 an hour when we were yeah, six, seven, eight, you know, all the way up into our teen years. But at 11 years old, it's kind of funny, this same year as your son, he started paying us. He said, if you'll read a business book, I'll pay you, I can't remember, it was like 50, 60 bucks or something to say it and report it to him or to read it and report it to him. Um, and, and then he'd pay us. And I was like, oh, I can read way faster than I can lift a shovel. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> it, that was honestly, for me, one of my pivotal turning points for me and wanting to be an entrepreneur is because I was reading about all these amazing people um, in business and learning all these principles and everything that have gone on to guide my life. So I think you're just right on track with your son, but you also have multiple kids, right? You have more than one. I have four. Yeah. And then my daughter who's, uh, eight 
And then my other son, Jax, uh, he is five. And then the little one, Phoenix, is two. So awesome. Little ladder. So your your son's the oldest, which is awesome. So the rest of them, are you going to try and duplicate this with all of your kids? Well, they're all jealous and envious of him, you know, especially my daughter. She's a lot like me in, in, in just the behaviors and stuff. So she's a doer. And she just can't wait, right? She's like, well, when I turn that, I'm going to do that too. I'm like, that's fantastic. Absolutely, right. you know? But it, I explained to her, I mean, it takes a um, certain level of skills, which he already has. So my son, interesting, you mentioned books, uh, Josh. They're all bookworms here in our house, man. And it comes from my wife. And I became more of a reader once my wife and I met each other in college. But um, the kids, I mean, we go to the library, we'll, we'll check out 50, 60 books and they go through it like, you know, my son did the seven Harry Potter books, which are like crazy thick, like seven, 800 pages. Right. He did that whole series in, I think, five weeks. What? <laughs> Never I left said, his room? <laughs> no, he, he still does everything, but he's just such a... Uh, you know, when he's in the story, he'll go through a whole book in a day. I'm not kidding. I said, I don't even do that. I may, you know, even on my most relaxed days, I may read 20, 30 pages, you know, right. rarely do I come across a book that I'm like, wow, I can't put it down, you know, but, but anyways, he's at that age that he can do that. But the reason I'm mentioning that Josh is because I didn't have that early on like him reading. And it sounds like you did. And I, I can see that read how reading has also created so many other talents or, or pathways to those talents. Right. And I'm seeing it with him do the work. I'm telling you the kid can write, man. I'll ask him to just like, write me a script for an email that I'm going to send out. You're not going to do it. So I'm going to do it, but I want to see how you would write it. The goal right. is this, that he'll write it. And it just blows me away. I wasn't writing like that probably until after high school, you know? Right. That's so wow. awesome to see that. It's fun because he's learning to love it instead of feeling like, oh, I have to write a 10-page email for my paper, <laughs> right? Or whatever for my for my class. It's saying, hey, let's you know, write, write something that you might actually be interested in and I'm going to pay you for it. So it's it's cool to see you did that. And and so the Dadpreneur podcast is really all about this, right? It's, it's about being an entrepreneur, being a dad. So I do want to ask you this because you have so much experience in this. What's one thing that you're not doing right now that you've been hearing from maybe some of the people you've interviewed or some of the other entrepreneurs out there that you'd like to apply with your kids? Wow, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, there's one that I almost feel guilty about all the time. And that's, <laughs> yeah, and that's actually my mom guilted me last night again about it. Um, and that's teach them Portuguese, right? So it's really important to the family, right? To my family and my, my grandfather, who's 97, still lives in Brazil. I still have aunts and uncles there. And um, we've been to Brazil with the kids, and but they were much smaller. And now the big thing is like, look, when we go, I mean, it's not good if they can't speak the language. And I totally agree. I do. I agree with my mom, with my family. But what I say to her, I say, Ma, it, it sounds easy, but we've been homeschooling the kids for three years. And we are their teachers, their parent, their everything, right? And it, I'm telling you, by the end of the day, both them, they and us, what, there's no more information that can go back and forth. And I said, right. and because Portuguese is not like a required, you know, academic in 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 the school system, I said there there would be no value there. So I'd have to take away a bunch of other things from my schedule. 
and from theirs to be able to fulfill that. So it is a dream of mine, absolutely, to do that. I have a lot of friends and family who live here and their kids speak fluent Portuguese, English, Spanish. And I'm a little envious and and I'm I'm like, ma, I'm going to get there. It just, it's not happening today, right? Right. So (laughs) The emotional bandwidth, that's the hard part. (laughs) And the mental bandwidth by the end of the day. But I think most parents can empathize with that in that you, I did anyways, I had all, I'm telling you, I had all these ideas before I had kids. I'm like, it's going to be so easy. I'm going to teach them Portuguese. I'm going to, I mean, I thought I was going to teach them the world. And the truth is when the time comes, there's only so much time in a day. And so you have to pick and choose which are the things that are most important to them and for you and the soft skills that you want them to have when they go out in the real world. Right. So, right. I love that. Uh, yeah, you've intrigued me. I just, these are good, good skills to, to learn. I, I know for me, my wife is as cracker as I am. And so if we, if we teach them Spanish, it's going to be kind of awkward when this little white kid runs by speaking Spanish, right? <laughs> Might be funny, but uh, good life skill to have. Right. Uh, so, you know, and you've, you've really like piqued my interest with this being, being a dad and, and, you know, using entrepreneurship. So I, I want to kind of, change the subject just a little bit, still on the lines with your podcast. How have you been attracting people to your community and, and developing that community through your content? Sure. So the first thing that I did was, which I do for clients in any campaign that I would build is look at your current relationships, your current network. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, they don't do a good job in nurturing and organizing that data. I've been doing that for 20 years across multiple businesses and making sure that I, I'm still there, right? Even if, like I was in the construction industry for six years, I have a lot of contacts there that I've nurtured over the years, right? Whether it's calling them just to say hello, or, hey, do you still go to that conference? Oh man, I used to love that conference in Vegas, you know, the the builder show. Again, it's just keeping relationships open. And I do find that depending on the entrepreneur, it can be very difficult to nurture uh, those kinds of business relationships when you go from one job to another or a company to another. But I've, I've made it really my business over the years to nurture them and make sure that if I send them an email newsletter, uh, whether it was from one of my companies or from me directly, that it was really useful information and not just another promotional thing. Click here, get a free this, uh, or download my free ebook. I'm 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 guilty of doing that, absolutely. As as a part of my marketing uh, uh, testing, right? We, we were talking about A/B testing, but you find out that. you get the highest engagement, the highest open rate, the highest retention, whether you're building a community, a newsletter or whatever, when you are really thoughtful about the the content and the people. And and actually, this brings up a good uh, uh, point that you and I were talking about earlier, Josh, about uh, Stanley, right? Where he was saying that, you know, don't worry about the audience because he was doing it for himself. And I agree with that. But the reality is I still have to care about what the audience are going to perceive on the other end, right? If I'm sending them content. So to create a community, whatever industry you're in, you first need to look within your network, not just putting stuff out on social media, but really looking. And I do circles. I, it reminds me of that, that movie with Ben Stiller, the circle of trust with De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The circle of trust. So the circle of trust for me are the people that I think who, 
who are the closest people to me? Well, people that have come over to my house for dinner or I've been to their house for dinner, regardless if it's family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, employees, whatever. So I look in that circle first because I know we're close. Then I look at the next circle, right? People that we've been out to lunch and we've we've had a meeting. Then, then I continue to create these circles. And I start with the inner one first, obviously, and say, hey, Josh, we know each other from the past or whatever, what's going on, but here's what I'm doing today. Let me know what you think, whatnot. And by the way, I'm going to start sending you emails about what I'm doing for this particular venture. Is that cool with you? Almost always people are cool with it. I mean, almost always, right? And even if they unsubscribe at some point, but just to give you an idea for the podcast, um, I started with a list of about 20,000 people that I've nurtured over the last 10, 12 years. So yeah, 20,000. I'm down to about 8,000 now because I kept segmenting them and really looking at the newsletter. Now, my database is literally hundreds of thousands, but I did the hard work to first really go, who do I really know in those circles? Because they are going to be open to learning about my new venture. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Well, and and you know, I don't think a lot of people think about that, right? What your your actual circles are. I know when we were a we were an ad agency, it was one of the first companies we started. It was interesting because people would say, you know, I'm a ghost online. I have no online presence. But there were three founders. And each of the founders had all the social media platforms with a couple thousand different followers on there. They were from different states, you know, and they'd have 20,000 people collectively that they personally knew that they could ask for, for help or to put on their list and segment. It's so interesting to watch as, you know, like the way you've done it, where you said, Hey, get those first, get those seconds, get the thirds. Right. I, I love that. I love that concept. It's one of the best ways to grow. And I think we just don't tap into it as much as we should. <laughs> it's, it's very time consuming. I mean, it, there's no hack, you know, people right. ask, well, what's the hack for the email and how do you do it? I'm like, no, you're going to sit for days and create workflows and, you know, really create messages that are customized to that audience. I mean, I'll go as far as I have an intern right now from uh, Florida State University, uh, Megan, and she is doing um, some research. I want to create like 10 case studies across a bunch of industries. And I'm using a bunch of different data feeds and tools to create really like valuable reports, case studies that are about that industry and their competitors. I know that that's a tool that's valuable to any business to understand what their competitors are doing. So I've hired her for the whole summer. It, it fulfills her uh, ob- obligation at Florida State University. It is a paid internship, which is something I want to tell entrepreneurs, please, when you hire interns, pay them. Because I, 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 I go lecture at you know, colleges and universities. And it's so frustrating when I run across a student who's like, yeah, I intern at this agency. They don't pay anything. I'm like, this is BS, man. You right. know, I mean, they still have to make a living. And, and if they're contributing to your company, by all means. So she's putting all this data together. And the point is that that data will help also me create better sort of segments within that audience and then deliver the right reports for the right industries. That's very time consuming and there's an investment to be made there, right? Right. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. You just threw a bunch of nuggets out there that I'd like to pick apart, but we're running out of time. So I want to I wanna ask you a few more questions. So the first thing is, where can people connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, dadpreneur.co, the website from there, you, you can connect with me directly on email or LinkedIn. Those are the two best places. Yeah. 
Love it. So make sure you go check that out. Dadpreneur.co. Um, go check out his podcast, guys. I can honestly recommend it as a great place to go and get actionable advice on being a father and, and on entrepreneurship. So make sure you go check that out. And then I want to ask you one final question here, Alex. If you could give our audience one final parting piece of guidance, what would that be? Be flexible. You know, be flexible and be ready to adapt to any change in in your business and in your life, right? If you create sort of different versions of the story, right? Because we all set out and we plan to do something one way and it turns out another way. So if you, when you set out, you create the top story, like this is what I want and then create flexibility to, to accept alternative paths because you will get alternative paths. So be flexible, man. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.